Welcome back to the Week 14 Waiver Wire Preview Pod here at 44 Football. As always, I'm your host, John Daigle, for the Most Accurate Podcast. And more importantly, just one week out from the fantasy playoffs. And the NFL has, quote-unquote, gifted us six teams on by to plug and play away as we continue to strive for the fantasy postseason. As always, the column is waiting for you, including the drop list, which is thin this week, given that who can we drop? Because we have to play everyone with six teams on by as we continue to fight to make it to weeks 15 through 17. But before we begin, reminder, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Sleeper, one of the fastest growing customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry. And when I go to Sleeper and click on team and click on that football helmet with a plus sign over it, I get my Sleeper waiver wire pickup of the week and James Cook, because Devin Singletary had not played less than 50% of Buffalo snaps in any game prior to Thursday night against the Patriots. But what we saw instead was season highs and snaps for both Naheem Hines, 23 snaps, 31% for Buffalo, and more importantly, Cook, 32 in a season high, 43% of the offensive snaps. Week 13 against the Patriots also marked a season high in backfield touches, 20 56% of Buffalo's backfield touches for Cook over Devin Singletary. Also, Cook, for the first time all year, ran more routes than Singletary, 15 to 14. And what that tells us, in Cook averaging 10 yards per catch on 24 targets, a median volume of opportunity this year, and 5.7 yards per carry, and the only three games Buffalo has given him at least 10 carries this season, we can look at it and say Cook suddenly has a high floor with this extra usage, 11 targets in his past two games, helping that out, and more importantly, an untapped ceiling in a blossoming role. And if that's the case, Cook is our number one waiver wire pickup, suddenly in a timeshare with more opportunity to grow moving forward with Devin Singletary. For deeper leagues, if James Cook is not available, the sleeper of the week is DJ Chark because Jameson Williams' debut against the Jaguars didn't matter for Chark's role whatsoever. Jameson Williams logs eight snaps, runs two routes, gets one empty target that went nowhere. But more importantly, it was Chark who still led the Lions and routes ran and earned his highest target share. Six targets, 14.6% since he was initially injured. So, with 47% of the team's air yards in this past game, a blowout against the Jaguars, we can look and say Chark and Williams' only second game back is actually still an amazing play since now he gets this Viking secondary that has allowed a league-high 34 explosive passes of 15 yards and 29.5 points per game over the last month. We want to attack the Viking secondary and short-term not long-term because we still want Jamison thinking he breaks out in our championship game with progressively increasing usage. But short-term, we absolutely want to start DJ Shark over Jamison Williams this week, week 14 against the Vikings in particular. And remember, head to sleeper.com or download the latest app for those pickups today. Let's discuss the Seahawks' backfield because what we saw against the Rams was Ken Walker jam his ankle in the first quarter. Travis Homer, who was already out that game, nursing a knee injury and battling this flu 
pandemic that had spread across the Seahawks locker room out as well. DJ Dallas suffers what reporters believe is a high ankle sprain. And then Tony Jones comes in for his first game action of the year with Seattle, suffers a stinger in the second half, and the Seahawks are left no choice but to put Dallas, who was questionable return, back in the game. If DJ Dallas does have a high ankle sprain, which, again, we believe is happening here, it dwindles the backfield down further, especially since Travis Homer was not able to practice at all last week. And what ended up happening in this game, too, was that both Dallas and Jones split snaps, touches, and total routes run, 17 to 15, in that game. So what we're looking at, assuming Ken Walker is out here, is Tony Jones being available since he was able to return in the fourth quarter, and then the team calling up Godwin Iguabuke, who you remember from Detroit last year, and everyone's favorite waste of a dynasty roster spot, Darwin Thompson, both who are on Seattle's practice squad right now. So given what we know at the time of this recording, with recovery timelines factored in, I do rank them Tony Jones, Travis Homer, and DJ Dallas in that order because I don't think we should expect to see Ken Walker on Sunday. The Rams' backfield yet again haunts our dreams because right when some decided to trust Kyron Williams after he logged a season-high 70% of snaps in Week 12, Sean McVay yet again rugged us in gifting Cam Akers a season-high 86% of the team's backfield touches. Meanwhile, Kyron Williams in that game had three touches. That's it. Ronnie Rivers, Malcolm Brown also active, but strictly played special teams. Only two backs were involved. More importantly, it was Akers. And trusting any running back, even following Cam Akers' bump in usage, remains a proposition we don't want to take. Only twice all year has the same running back for the Rams, led this backfield in touches in consecutive weeks, and never for a three-game stretch. What has been consistent is that they don't have an RB1 even following 17 carries and two touchdowns for Cam Akers. But as someone who's plays fantasy, I understand context, so I get it. You may need players who are just breathing since six teams are on by. And if that's the case, sure. Akers, the positive for him is that he's available. So good luck, soldier. But... Cam Akers, Kyron Williams, still trying to avoid in shallower leagues where this is not necessary at all to chase. Something I do want to chase is Chig Okonkwo's usage for the Titans because Okonkwo, in case you hadn't watched any Titan game, one, no one's blaming you. The two had previously splashed with a 30-yard catch in five consecutive games, but it was never worth talking about on this show because he had a pathetic 36% route rate in that span. But Sunday's game against the Eagles offered a role change, a season high in route rate, 55.5%. And more importantly, that bump in usage led to five targets for a season high 19.2% target share. Austin Hooper was still involved here for a 61% route rate, but we know Okonkwo's athleticism. We know he ran the fastest 40-yard dash, 4.52 times among all tight ends at Indianapolis' combine. And now, more importantly, with this extra usage, he gets a piss-poor Jaguars defense we already made fun of last week 
allowing 290 passing yards and 27 and a half points per game since week six. And if that's the case, we want Ryan Tannehill to stream. And more importantly, we want Chigakonkwo, even if he's playing roughly half of the team's offensive snaps as a low tight end one for week 14. Let's look at some deep cuts before we get out of here because the prodigal son, Elijah Moore, popped up again. You wouldn't know it from the box score, but Moore 70%, 74% route participation in reference to Corey Davis's 79% route rate was actually the most Elijah Moore has been involved since week five. And yes, it only amounted to seven total yards on six targets, a Ben Skowernick stat line. But at the same time, if he's averaging more, more on-field opportunity, no pun intended, we can also look and say this has been a pass-heavy offense with Mike White, 42.5 pass attempts the past two weeks. And so you would think a bump in usage would also lead to a bump in production, especially for a player who we know has the talent. Thus, for long-term stashes, I still want Elijah Moore rest of season, especially given the Jets' easy playoff schedule. In any other week outside of 16 buys, we ignore Van Jefferson, and we say he's useless. No need to add him. Who cares? But at that same time, by the time the Raiders and Rams kick off on Thursday, it's possible Van Jefferson looks around as the Fresh Prince in an Empty Room meme, and he sees Cooper Cup ankle surgery on the sideline, Allen Robinson foot surgery on the sideline, and Ben Skowernick with a shoulder injury who didn't practice on Monday. Jefferson suddenly the only wide receiver available. And John Wolford, remember, neck injury, probably won't start this game on Thursday. And if that's the case, we've at least already seen Ben Jefferson record a 25% target share, a team-high mark in Week 12, from third stringer Bryce Perkins against the Chiefs. So if that's the case, in deeper leagues, 16 buys, I definitely don't mind starting and crossing my fingers and not watching the game for Van Jefferson. As we've also talked about on the show in the past, both Trey McBride, who has earned a target on just 8.5% of its routes run without Zach Ertz the past three games, and Harrison Bryant, who has seen zero three, and one target and three starts for David Njoku this year are completely useless for fantasy. We don't want those players at all. So in deeper leagues, leagues, who may we chase? I think the answer is Hunter Henry because Henry now has usurped Jonu Smith for a route on 76% of the team's dropbacks in the last three games since New England's bye compared to Jonu Smith's 27% route rate in that span. And more importantly, Henry's 13.3% target share the last three games may not seem like much, but it's enough against a Cardinals defense that are permitting the second most schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing tight ends. So I want the player on the field in a great matchup, certainly over Trey McBride and Harrison Bryant, who again, we should not care about for fantasy at all. And finally, Demarcus Robinson's 20% target share without Rashad Bateman the last five games. I understand it's been volatile, the production it's led to. But at the same time, we got an even better bump once Tyler Huntley came off the bench because on th- Tyler Huntley's 32 pass attempts in place of Lamar Jackson this past week, it was Demarcus Robinson who actually accrued eight of those targets for a 25% target share. So maybe Demarcus Robinson 
doesn't slip under 20 yards receiving as he's done in two of his last five games. Maybe he offers more consistent production on a team-high usage, as we saw from Huntley this past week. So given that we are expecting to see Huntley in Week 14, I also think we can go back to leaning on to Marcus Robinson without Bateman as Baltimore's number one wide receiver. As always, waiver wire column on 44.com waiting for you there. And we will be back for our Week 14 preview show to sneak you into the fantasy playoffs Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Until then, you already know, be a little bit kinder than what's required. We'll see you then.